Welcome in, everybody, animal lovers and whatnot. Yes. Uh, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses, and I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And here we are to talk to you for another hour. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 33. Yes. And what is the topic? This is So You Want to Talk to the Animals. So you do. All right. Yes. Well, be prepared for what they have to say. I am very excited to talk about my favorite subject. Yes. This yeah. is right up your alley. Of course. So I might be on the quieter side of this, but I do have some things. Yeah, I can go. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, you have a different perspective, though. Yeah, because I'm, I'm learning. Yeah, because I've been, you know, this all my life. I've always had this connection, and I think yours is building more and more now. Right. That you're with me, you're starting to see a different side to yeah. animals than you did before. So you can show a different perspective to our listeners. That more is probably more of them that they can relate to. For sure. Yeah. Well, before uh, we hop into this episode, do you have anything from last week you want to talk about? Yes, I do. Last week, I had mentioned that I was going to be working for a company called Shine Psychics, and I have started working for that company. Thank you. So I wanted to let everybody know, because I do know that sometimes, like, we have friends or whatever, people that we know that may not want to get a reading from me and just come to me and say, hey, I need one because they want to maybe be anonymous or whatever. So right. this it gives you that opportunity because I don't know who you are. I won't. I might pick up on that. I don't know. Probably not. But maybe. Right. But you you're still anonymous. You know what I mean? So if you would like to get a reading from me, but you don't want to come directly to me, that's yeah. a good way to do it. Totally. Don't yeah. be scared. No, don't be scared. Do it. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun so far. I'm having a good time. I'm seeing a different side to things because the work that I do mostly that I've been doing up to this is a lot of um, the animal work and the spirit work. I do some human readings, you know, like love right. readings, but I don't do a lot of those. No. That This is 99% of those is love readings. And so I'm learning something different and I'm seeing things from a different perspective and right. seeing the the changes I'd like to make in the world and teach people certain things. And yeah, so it's opening up my eyes to a lot. So it's more of a, um, what is the word, that type of, what did you call it? Novelty. No- novelty, yes. Yeah, it. Uh, the novelty to me is like the palm reading and the crystal ball reading. And I guess you could put tarot cards in there because I do use tarot when I when I uh, do like regular psychic readings. It helps me. Right. Um, so, yeah, you could put it in that category. I'm not big on predicting people's futures because I think that the universe will tell you which way to go. I don't want to tell you who to pick and for a relationship. Right. I want you to listen to the universe and to listen to yourself, not some psychic that could be wrong. True. Because, I mean, am I accurate? Yes. Have I been wrong? Well, yeah. You know, if I hadn't, I'd go play the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's that easy. Yeah, no. So it's definitely, yeah, a different experience. It's a cool app that they, and an idea that they've developed for this. I think it's kind of like for what you said, if you 
those that want to be a little bit more discreet, you know, mm-hmm. their anonymity. Yeah. Um, maybe just kind of trying it out. And it's a platform where these people actually seek out really talented people like yourself yes. to work for them. I had so. to take tests. It, yeah. This wasn't just, you know, no, that, yeah. oh, I'm a psychic. No, I'm, they test you. Yeah. And that wasn't easy. So, I mean, it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> right. I get in my own head and it's I get nervous. It's yeah, but it's not exactly. hard for you. Yeah. It's not hard. It's just nerve. Yeah. So, it, but yes, we're all tested and, and very, very accurate. And so, you know, once upon a time there was, you know, Miss Cleo and her psychic network. And I remember calling those numbers and the stuff that I was told was just so dumb. I remember one telling me I was going to be the singer in a band. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Me and my fantastic voice. Uh, yeah. That's... So, yeah. So I understand if people are skeptical about those types of lines and, and, yeah. but this is very, very different. And I, from the inside now, I see a different perspective to it too. And, and these kinds of things, if they're reputable, you know, look at their ratings, look at Shine's ratings on the, on the app stores. They're very, very high. And usually the ones that aren't maybe are like billing or whatever, but not about the psychic's accuracy. Right. We're very accurate. Yeah. They seem really legitimate. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Lots of fun so far. Well, check her out on Shine. Yeah. And let it shine. Yeah, for sure. So. Cool. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to talk about is a shower meditation that I had the other day. And this was really weird. I'm going to talk about this twice in the episode. This is the first time. But this part, I thought that I was getting a message for me, that it was just coming for me. And what I realized after I started listening for a while was that this is a message for our listeners. This is a message for everybody. And within this message, I've also been told that you may hear things in our episodes that stand out to you that may be messages that are coming to you. So you have to listen to those because we don't necessarily know that like the other side sending a message through us, right. but they will, they'll do that. So just so you know, if there's things I say in this that you feel are directed at you, they probably are because the message that I was getting, and I kind of shared this on Facebook is that there are only four weeks left in this decade in this decade, not just in this year, in this decade, we're going into 2020. We're going into a year that a lot of us thought we might not even be here for. That's true. Yeah. And here we are. So what is it that you want to leave behind in the 2010 era? What do you want to move on to 2020, letting go of completely? What are the things that happened to you in these last 10 years that do not need to move forward with you into the next 10 years? Because I'll tell you what, something that we forget as humans is that we don't look at things from other people's angles. We only look at that from our own. Yeah. So if you have somebody that maybe you have a beef with and you're not letting it go, that other person probably doesn't have the same perspective of it than mm-hmm. you do. Yep. So the only person you're torturing is yourself. Yeah. So these are the types of things they're trying to tell us is let go of these things. Let go of always needing the control. Let go of, you know, Yeah. It's surrender. The worry. Exactly. Somebody shared something. It might have been you. I don't know. But um, a, a quick synopsis of it was is if you wake up today – worrying about tomorrow you're then putting two days of energy and strength yeah that you require to get through a day yep you're cramming two days into one day 
And where are you getting? Exactly. And by the time you get to that day, you're now worried about the next day. So half of your strength is only going to the present, the here and now. Yes. The other half is going to tomorrow when tomorrow isn't even here yet. Yes. Nor is it promised to any of us, like you said. Right. So that is the biggest. It, for me, it's like try to stay in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Try that, to yeah. just be, just be. Yes, just be. Just let life take the course it's going to. This is something that I'm learning working in this this Shine uh, company is that people are trying to force relationships that aren't meant to be right. because they don't want to be alone. Right. And that's another thing. You've got to let go of those those worries that I'm going to be alone forever because yeah. you're not. There will be somebody. You just have right. to work on yourself first. So going into 2020, which sounds like a crazy year to even be going into, yeah. like where are the flying cars? Instead, we have Elon Musk and whatever you want to call that crazy thing. That's what 2020 is going to bring. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I forgot where I was going. To. Anyways, I forgot where I was going with this. But going into 2020, let's all try and leave these things behind. Let's not look at it as a New Year's resolution. Let's look at it as um, working on ourselves yeah. and making the better for our future. Because I can tell you that if I know at 20 what I know at 40, I would have lived entirely different. Yeah. So the younger generations now, I feel like they need to know that what right. they're experiencing is normal. And so just just live your life. Just right. be happy. It doesn't mean, you know, I would say go out there, work hard, um, take chances, yeah. open yourself up, be vulnerable. Yep. But try not to have expectation or worry yes. about the outcome. Right. Let it be as you be. Surrender. Yes. Surrender to the universe. Yep. Yeah. So when they gave me this message, it was presented as a challenge. And I was told that one of the episodes we'll do close to the new year will be about this, about, um, you know, letting go, moving on whatever, putting this past decade behind us. So in that time, they're challenging us to do that, to to not to look at it as New Year's resolutions, not to look at it as everything has to be done at once, but just to take baby steps to make changes in our lives that we would like to make so that we go into a fresh decade with fresh perspective. Yep. So that's a challenge to you. Awesome. Bye-bye, 2000 teens. Gosh, that was a crazy one. <laughs> it really was, really was. Yeah. Yeah, be interesting to see what the next decade has to bring. Cause yes, you had something else, a review, or somebody shared something with you, and you told me this week. Oh, maybe the girl, are you talking about for the podcast? Yeah. The girl that I met yesterday. Yeah, Is please. that who you're talking about? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I did an event yesterday um, at a yoga studio that one of my best friends works at. And so I did readings, and this young lady came in, and I felt this instant, like, attraction to her, like, oh, my gosh, she's just like me. Like, I could feel it instantly, you know? So we started talking, and, I, and she told me that she's going to be a spiritual counselor. And she, but she's having fears. She's not letting go of her fears and they're, they're holding her back. And so everything that was showing up in the card was um, showing, you know, it was exactly what was happening. So I told her about our podcast and, you know, I said, let's, you know, let's connect. She has a podcast as well. So I said, I'd love to have you on the show. Anyway, so we, we exchanged numbers and we're now Facebook friends and cool. all of that. But she sent me a message last night after listening to episode 22 about the uh, our podcast about uh, signs. So this is what she said. The episode. The episode. Yes. Sorry, I'm getting off track. Um, 
the episode about signs, episode 22. She listened to that. And so this is her her review to us on that. Love the episode. Such a needed message that goes right back into our talk about trust. It's sinking in even deeper. Trust is a huge layer in releasing the past, growing to one's potential, and enjoying life in the only way that makes sense. I loved how you talked about how the signs begin to become more and more subtle, and as we continue to trust, they can take us even deeper. Fabulous content. Nice. Well, thanks for your input. Yes. Appreciate so, that. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really cool that I met her, and it was really, that whole thing, it's so nice to hear those kinds of things that we're able to help, and that's really what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of sure. goes along with it, too, what I was talking about. You've got to release to the universe, surrender that that fear. Yeah, you got yeah. You have to have faith and trust. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's it for the recap. I think that's enough. I think I rambled on long enough. All right. Well, then let's hop into episode 33. So you want to talk to animals. Yes. What well, you got to, to say, to, man? <laughs> I love to talk to the animals. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I've been an animal communicator my whole life. I didn't know what I was doing as a kid. I just thought, you know, I was getting lucky. Yeah. You know, you don't really know. Nobody tells you these things. And right. then um, to give you a little history on me, I, uh, as an adult, was told what this is called. I don't remember how it was brought up in conversation, but somebody told me that if you can talk to animals or you feel animals, it's called animal communication. And I then got some tapes, some cassette <clears throat> tapes, because we're talking like back, you know, when, yeah, when the you dinosaurs say cassette roamed. tapes, yeah. yeah. The, the 20 year olds are like, what? what's a cassette tape? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I, I listened to these and they taught me how to meditate and how to listen and how to focus. But one of the issues that I had is how do I practice this? Because talking to your own animals is not the same as talking to other people's. You know your own animals. How are you supposed to get small details when you right. know you know their details? So I didn't really know who to practice on. And then I was working for or doing volunteer work for the SPCA. And I started kind of opening up a little bit about this animal communication to the director. And she's like, well, why don't you practice on my dogs? And so I did. And one of the things that I saw, like a vision of, was this crate and the dog sleeping in the crate at the end of the bed and the dog not being happy about it. And I was accurate when I told her what I saw. She said, that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what our room looks like. And I just thought she was being nice. Right. You know? So I never really believed in my own abilities. I I never really did until, like, the last few years. Yep. I've really grown them. And I so I really want to teach people that this can be done. Right. It's You don't need special gifts to do this. No. Uh, and yeah, it could change your life really, even if you just use it for your own animals, you know, but you need two things in this equation for it to happen. And that can go with anything in anybody's life is you have to put the work in and practice oh, yeah. the muscle and you have to believe. Yes. You have to trust. You have to trust. Mm -hmm. And I can say the same thing for me. I've been playing music for many years, but I've never believed in it. Like I believe in it now. Right. Something's different. Something's changed. And I think that one you you made a good point there because you said about the like patience and time and working that muscle and putting the effort in. 
as a species, we want it now. Right. We, you can say you don't, but you do. That's we know we all do. Flaw. We want it right now. And it doesn't work like that. No. You have to work at it. And that's what I've been doing. And if I would have just sat around and been like, I can talk to animals and, you know, played with it every yeah. once in a while, like I had been, I wasn't going to grow it. But I didn't know that. And I, you'd have a lot less appreciation that. for the gift. Yeah. If you could simply snap your fingers and get from point A to point B without actually having to go through the it yes. through it. Yep. It's a part of what you do, you know, for each of us. It's right. you're building that. You're you're putting the work in to say, I do this. Right. I kind of said that to you last night. We were talking about something and, and you said I didn't know if you were connected or something like that. Uh, and I said, I'm always connected. But if I would have said that to you, I wouldn't have said that to you a year and a half ago. Right. I was like barely connected. I'd be like, well, this is what I'm thinking, but I'm not really that connected. So no, time changes that. It builds that muscle. It builds your confidence. You need that. You need to do that. Oh yeah. And I mean, trust me, if if we would have started this podcast at the very beginning and I would have been sitting here like, well, maybe I have these gifts. No, I have them. They're great. No, so, you can't deny it. It's... Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it's wonderful. So I, I love sharing that and teaching people how to do that. Right. And yeah, but you're right. You have to you have to trust and you right. have to use the muscle. I, and I could say the same thing, you know, my path, even as far as um, the art and the music, it's like right off the bat, did I see it? Did I notice it? I saw some sort of like little, it's like seeing a, like a light at the end of the tunnel that sort of shimmering yeah but you got to get closer to it to tell really what it is yeah and now it's like i look over the last two years and what's evolved both for us and our relationship and this aspect yeah and then you know what i'm doing personally or privately right with painting and music and that light i'm much closer now yeah and it's much more um find right what it is and and so i don't have yeah i'm I'm practicing i'm working it yeah but that's giving me that faith i can't look at it any longer uncertain of like is this is this right Right. no i there's no question in my mind right but it's right it didn't you didn't get there overnight no so take your time and looking back having that experience to look back at you have a you have pride there because oh, yeah. you, you feel like you've put this time into it. You've watched it evolve. And now you can turn around and look at the path you've left and seen how it's changed from day one to the present. Yes, absolutely. That's so important Yeah, in our pers- our perspective because life is so much about our perception. Yeah. But we also need to have perspective yep. when approaching perception. Absolutely. You're very right there. And it does take time and it does it does happen, but you have to be patient. You have to put the you work really into do. it. Yeah. That's the hardest part. So even if you're not like, you know, if we would talk about these things and you start implementing them and it's not perfect because it's not going to be keep going, keep moving forward, keep practicing because you will build it. You will get there. But it's just like going to the gym. If you don't use the muscle, you're not going to build it. It's not. You're not going to get a six-pack just by sit, sitting on the couch. Right. So so work it. And, and I'll tell you, let me give you some, some reasons why animal communication is good to have. Why you should do it, really. Okay. Um, 
First of all, I think it builds a better understanding of animals in general. I think it connects you more to the universe and to the fact that we are not the only intelligent species on this planet. Uh, and that opens your eyes to a whole different world right. when you realize that. Yep. You also, once you know that you know what you're doing and you communicate with your own animals, that helps you to establish a better relationship with them. Yep. It helps you to know maybe when they don't feel good. Uh, a lot of things. There's a lot of different ways you can use it. Our great Dane goes to daycare three days a week and I check in on him. Usually halfway through, I'll check in and make sure that he's not too tired. Right. That's something that I've had to build on, you know, but it helps us uh, with our communication. It helps me to know he's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one day that I didn't check in on him. And, and one of the, the girls over there, his pet sitter, she she messaged me a picture of him laying down. And I was like, the one day that I didn't check in on him, he's exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So it really does. It becomes a really strong bond for you and yeah. your animals. So it, it's very beneficial in that way. Um, something that you should know about these abilities as far as psychic abilities go is this part of things is very different. Last week we talked about your psychic senses. Right. And this does not fit into this that those categories because this is telepathy that we're using for this. For to talk to an animal that's alive, because you can talk to animals that have passed, but this what I'm talking about is for animals that are alive. You're using telepathy. Yep. You're tuning into them, you're getting the messages directly from them. Um now you can use if you have psychic abilities, you can use your psychic abilities to get deeper, to get more information. Right. But getting the information, the pictures directly from the animals, that's used by telepathy. That's telepathy. So two different things, two completely different things. So you can right. have them both, or you can have one or the other. Um, I talk a lot about Chelsea, and when I started mentoring Chelsea, she didn't. She liked animals. You know, she was into it. Right. I didn't give her an option to learn about just psychic stuff. She learned about animal communication, too. I threw it at her. I'm like, you're going to be an animal communicator. You have no choice. <laughs> so she didn't even really know that it was an option. That's funny. I was just like, here it comes. Because I really do believe we can all do it. It's all in your head. Well, you once know? you're opening your mind, it kind of, I think, if you have animals around you, it, it sort of happens. But... Because it's rubbed off on me. Oh, yeah. Um, and like an example for me the other day, um, dog, it was dark. You were at work and Sabbath was inside, but Zuma wasn't. And normally he doesn't like to go out when it's dark. If he's yeah. if he's out there, it's just to go to the bathroom and he comes back inside. Yeah. But he seemed to be gone for a few minutes. So I was like, oh, that's weird. And I walked through the kitchen. You have to go through like our kitchen, through the studio to the garage and I thought, is there a chance that he, I left the garage door open and he's in the garage? So I walk in there and I just didn't yell his name. I just said, Zuma, you in here? And not literally. Two seconds later, he I hear the dog door come in with intent, not like yes. just he was flat, new. slow. Mm-hmm. He came right into the garage looking like all attention yeah like, were you calling me yeah are you okay what's going and there's on there's no way because there's soundproofing in the studio there's no way he could have heard at that level me call his name yes in a regular tone of voice like this yes all the way in the backyard 
He's very, very connected on that level. He's uh, and and that's another thing too to take into consideration with this is that all animals are different. Right. Our black lab Sabbath. He is nothing like Zuma. He's very hard to communicate with. I have to really, really tune into him and and a lot of times even look him square in the eye. Right. Like you'll see when he's getting scolded, it won't be. I won't say it out loud. I just stare at him and, and talk to him telepathically right. and it backs him down. So they all handle things differently. All of them. Zuma. It was so funny because I, I test readers for our group. And a few months ago I was testing a new reader. And so I gave her Zuma to tune into. And the first thing he said to her is, are you an approved reader? <laughs> and it's so Zuma. It's so Zuma because he's so connected to the whole thing. So yeah. you could have an animal that's like that, that's right. very perceptive, that where you just think their name and they come running. Right. Or you might have an animal that isn't interested. Right. You also will probably notice if you're an animal owner that they will try to communicate with you yeah they will do their best to, to to get through telepathically but the majority of people don't listen to it so then what how else are they supposed to communicate right so you can also use those subtle body clues to help you as well if you keep an eye on those things your your animals will let you know when something's going on if you know you're not picking up on it in different ways right so um Something else is that, and I've mentioned this before, another way to look at this is like if I spoke German and you don't, and so there's somebody that I have to translate for. Animal communication is pretty much the same thing. Right. I'm getting the information from the animal and I'm translating it to English to tell you what's going on. So that's another way to kind of look at animal communication yeah, and, and what it, it is. Yeah. Um, Something else is when you're doing these readings, you have to remember that there's a lot of emotions that are human emotions. Uh, you might get confused as to why you don't feel certain things from animals such as anger or yeah. hatred. Those are not emotions that come from <clears throat> the animals. Those are human emotions. Right. I get asked by people all the time is that if an animal that was put to sleep, is my dog or cat mad at me? Right. Um, no, they're not mad at you. They don't have that that emotion in life, let alone on the other side. They, right. That's a human emotion. Right. Uh, they have fear. So, and then the fear, the like we see aggression. Yeah. That's a fear response. Right. They don't hate you. They're not no. attacking because they hate you. They're attacking because they're scared. Exactly. It's completely different. So, that's <clears throat> something else that we kind of have to. That's like the guy remember. that lived with the bears and studied the bears for a little while. Um, a couple examples. I mean, Caesar, the dog whisperer is, is a good example too, but I believe both of these guys could communicate telepathically with animals. Right. Um, and the guy with the bears, you know, he was there for a few days, him and his girlfriend. And I think a, a videographer, um, and everything was fine. And then finally the bears attack. Well, the bears weren't attacking because I think in that instance that they were scared yeah. or angry. They're not angry. And I think if they were over the scared part, they were comfortable with them. They were just hungry. Right. I mean, these are wild animals, <laughs> they are people. They wild animals, They yeah. aren't really meant to be hobnobbing with out in the wilderness. Do right. I believe the guy had a gift? Yeah. Yeah. He lost his life proving that gift. Yeah. I think all of them did. Yeah. But, um, and God, what a terrible way to go. But 
Yeah, I don't, there's no, that's their instinctual right. wild nature. Well, and you have to think about it too. This is another way to look at it. We weren't there. We don't know why the bear turned, but if something startled that bear, if there was something that triggered that fear yeah. response, he just took it out on that person <clears throat> because yes, they do hunt. That's, they do want to eat. But if we're looking at it from a different angle, that is another one that right. they, they could just simply be a fear response. They are wild animals. They yeah. they don't know any better. That's just what they do, you know. But they can be communicated with just oh, yeah. like a domesticated animal. This is a good point too. Yes, and I I've been practicing a lot with that. That's once you get to the point where you feel like you're secure enough in your abilities that you don't need validation anymore. I I don't need somebody to tell me yes, that's correct. You're right. co- you're connected to this animal. I can go and just communicate with them. Right. Um it's different now. So then you start to learn about how different animals feel and how they respond. And I talk to the ravens here every day. I feed them. I'm trying to form, we've talked about it before, build the relationship with a couple of them. And I, it's interesting to watch them and to see how they interact with each other. And if you notice, before I started communicating with them, I was feeding them already. I don't know if you've put this two and two together yet. Once I started communicating with them and letting them know that this was a safe place, the male birds started coming. Yeah. At first, they were all females. Now the male birds are coming. Right. And there's a lot of them. Because they tell them. I never see the males anywhere. And I'm all over this town. And I never see the males, just the females. So I know that that's because they're telling the males, this is a safe place. She's feeding us safe food, you know. Right. You can do these things. Yep. Um, you know, we have raccoons that like to hang out here too. And there was one on the roof. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. And you were terrified because you've been chased by one. Uh-huh. And but I was communicating with him and he was so sweet and he's just like, I'm just trying to feed my little raccoon family. That's yeah, all. Sure. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Yes, but my husband is deathly afraid and I have a dog that's hundred and fifty pounds, so for your protection, <laughs> just Wait till everybody's in. Yeah. Okay. I think the other benefit to this being able to, you know, communicate with the animals telepathically and learning to do this for a couple different things. Uh, one is maybe you have a fear of animals yourself. This is true. Cats or dogs. So if you come at that animal in their presence and you're already communicating with them. Yes. It, you've got their attention. Yes. So most likely... If you're not staring them down in the face and looking angrily at them, they're not going to react in a scared way because they know you're telling them already, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm right. safe. I just, I'm coming love and peace and everything's good. Yes. So that can be very beneficial because animals like children and humans, yeah. we can sense each other's fear and uncomfortableness and yes. what have you. The problem is, is humans can communicate that to each other. Animals can't. That's exactly right. So- they're like a child that you're trying to figure out, you know, like a baby, like, okay, they're, they're upset. What's the matter? And you go with a kid, you go through the, the however many step process to figure out what it is. Are you wet, hungry, tired, yes. animals different because you don't go through those processes, but there is a way to figure it out. Right. Um, I would say the other aspect is if you have an, an animal that's got some physical ailments you can not necessarily diagnose their issues, but you might be able to tune into what's bothering them. And then you can go to your vet and say, 
Yeah. I think something's going on with the right leg yes. or something because I'm keep getting this pain in the right leg thing, whatever the instance is. But yes, you make a good point <clears throat> on a lot of different things here. Um, but I'm going to start with one of the things, and that is your, the tone. What you, how you address these animals, because you had mentioned too about addressing them beforehand. So one of the things I do is I'm a bird groomer. And once I meet a bird, when I go back out to groom it the second time, I let that bird know I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm going to make you pretty bird. It's going to (laughs) be fine. I use that tone, the very gentle tone. And yes, tone in your mind. You know how it works because I'm sure you have the fake arguments in the shower just like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. So you know tone in your mind. So you have to use that gentle, mellow tone. And then that bird is prepared when I go out. And most people are blown away by the... Like, I can't put my hand in the cage and pick up the bird. I mean, maybe I could, but I'm not going to try. I still have to treat them like they're an animal that could hurt me. But people are blown away when they see that once I get that bird and I wrapped them up like a little birdie burrito, most of them don't fight me. They lay there. They let me do what I need to do. Uh, And that's very unusual for for bird grooming. They're usually carrying on. Yeah. I talk to them the whole time through animal communication. I Sometimes I'll even do it out loud because you can't, you know, telepathically right. and verbally you can do that. Sure. So then people hear me. They hear the tone that I'm using. They hear what I'm saying. You're such a pretty bird and I'm going to make you prettier. You know what I mean? Right. So these are, yeah. It's comforting it's, to them. It is. So it, it's really like, in essence, when you say that, it's like tone in your mind versus tone in your voice. Picture it like um, speakers that you're listening to your voice coming through and you have a mute button. Mm -hmm. So you can kill the mute. I mean, you can hit the mute and kill the audio voice you're hearing, but that voice and tone is still going on in your head, even though you've got the speakers muted. Mm -hmm. So it's just as important um, when speaking to them out loud as it is in your mind because right. I know with Zuma is very sensitive and if I oh yeah <laughs> any one of us raise our voice he's sort of yep. backing in a corner and like mm-hmm. what's going on guys yeah so he doesn't like that and that's how for me really fast is like how it's changed for me with animals is that I perceived them as animals before yeah um if I were to put like a terrible scenario in my head of if my house was burning and I had my wife and my kid and my dog, I'm going for my wife and kid first. Yeah. Okay, that's the truth. That's the, yeah, that's the way. But I look at them a lot different now. I would still go for my wife and kid first, but if there was time, I absolutely would be going for them. Yeah. Because I view them different. I view them, they're very much an energy. They're a soul. Right. Just like you and I are. Not that you're saying you would let them stay in the burning house. No, no. I would do everything I could to right. make sure they wouldn't. I'm just trying to tell you right. An if analogy, I had yeah. to pick one or the other, right. I'm going for the human before the dog. Right. We all understand. Yeah, we, we it do doesn't that. Mean we have that, to. But in this transition in my life, what's happened is I no longer just view these things as insignificant animals. Right. They're family That are members. here for our petting pleasures and, mm-hmm. you know, to make us feel warm and cuddly they actually are here for a reason their own reason right their own path they are a soul yeah they're a different soul a different type of energy meaning i'm never going to come back as a dog and they're never going to come back as a human right they're at their particular level yes 
Um, and most living things on this planet, if not everything, have some level of yes. uh, spirit, energy, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, everything is energy. So I see them much more as a soul. And I realize that those animals, our dogs, our cats, our pets, they do have emotions. Right. But they can't express it like we can express it. Right. So they're at a disadvantage. But when you open your mind to something like this and communicating with them, you're taking that disadvantage away to a degree. Right. You're helping them. You're helping yourself. Right. You know, so it's changed for me dramatically in in the way that I view them. I have seen that. Absolutely. And and I love that you've grown in that way because for me, um, it was very important. My first husband was a huge animal lover. Everybody in my life is. It was just important that the next person that I, the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with was also an animal lover as well. And you just happened to have had a black lab um, previously. And we connected on that because, you know, and we both had dreamed about having a great Dane. Yeah. We talked about that. Um, So so it wasn't ironic at all that the universe brought us Zuma. Mm hmm. Uh, and in my favorite color, which yeah. I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> no, yeah, he's brown. Color. If you don't, I've never seen. But um, yeah, I was always an animal lover, but I wasn't always an animal understander. Right. So it it's been a nice thing for us too. So you can look at that as another thing. If you work on this with your spouse and they start to see you growing as an animal lover, they'll grow too. We're proof of it. I mean, you don't look at me like I'm crazy anymore when I say things about animals and you know. <clears throat> how they are no, and that I... kind of thing. You you get it more now. And and that's something that I will put up um, a red flag on for some people is that once you do delve into this and you really start to see animals on this type of level, it it changes you. It affects you in a way for a lot of people that you become really hypersensitive. Yeah, I've always been hypersensitive because I've always been this com- this connected to animals. Yeah, can't do Disney movie Disney Walt Disney movies. Everything's my favorite. Love Disney. Right. Will not watch Bambi. Uh, what's the other Dumbo? Any of those? <laughs> right, right. Any Lion of those? An- yeah, no, nothing animal related. I can't do it. Right. You you do you get that sensitivity where it just affects you in a different way. You right. can't handle to you almost absorb those emotions, so you have to be careful with that. Um, you know the the way that I don't know the way that you deal with it with your in yourself because right. you can't walk around as a mess either. Right. You have to meditate it out sometimes too. And and you've talked about before how I've asked not to see certain things. Yeah. That's another thing you can do is put limitations on it. Because, Boundaries. Yes. Because I cannot have visions of an animal dying if they were, if it was tragic, like if the owner's there and they're loving on this dog and putting it down and it was an okay situation. That's one thing. Um, right. But the worse the situation, the less of it I need to know about. Sometimes if it's really severe, I won't know anything about how it happened, just stuff about the animals so themselves, their personalities. So you can set those boundaries. Very important. If you need to do that, do it. Because I, I couldn't do this job. If I had to see those things, there's uh, no way. I, I don't Mm-mm. blame you. And there are certain things I still can't handle. And if they come in like on the free reading page, Chelsea will do those. 
uh, and I'll do like the babies because right. she can't handle those. So there's going to be things that you may not be able to handle right. and don't feel like you have to do it all because you don't, yeah. you know, pick and choose. If you're I think gonna something do that changed for me too, and this, this is as a parent um, of a human, is that I've told my child sometimes it's like a, it's like a, the connection between a mother and a child or a parent and a child that for me, it's like, I love her so much. Sometimes it hurts. Yes. Even, and now I know you can, anybody that's lost somebody definitely understands that feeling. Yes. But you feel it when they're alive too. Mm-hmm. And meaning you don't want to see anything happen bad to them. You want to care and shelter them, you know, for their whole existence and try to keep them from any harm. Yes. Um, when I started feeling that with the animals, that's when I knew I was connected. I was particularly connected to my lab before in my previous marriage. And that's where the experience of like seeing them through their whole life and putting them down. Yeah. And the amount of emotion and pain that it was to put them down. Um, my ex couldn't even be in the room. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand that. I was like, I can't let her, her go in there like this yeah, and go through that alone. Right. And I laid in there with her for a while after she was gone and just held her, you right. know, cried and held her. And that's when I realized I'm connected to these things. They are, they are souls, man. They're not just a four-legged creature. Right. That then has to expand my mind even further, which would be a whole different topic. But that is, if there is other intelligent life right on this planet next to me, uh-huh. then why in the heck wouldn't there be intelligent life anywhere else besides this planet? It, well, in yes. multiple forms. It's very, yeah, if, naive to believe that that's not the right. case. We look at animals as not intelligent because they can't communicate with us right. with a language that we as humans right. have developed. Right. They do communicate. They communicate telepathically. We're the dumb ones. Right. We're the less intelligent ones. And I know there's some people right there sitting. Oh, that's not true. My no, dog that's is ab- like, yes, it absolutely it is. is true. If you, you can communicate yeah. telepathically, yep. you have no um, limits per se in, in a lot of things. I think when you can do that, yep. I, I don't, yeah, I don't agree with that. No, not at all. I was reading some things online uh, from other animal communicators to make sure that when I did this information that I was covering everything. And that was one thing that one of them pointed out. She said, you think that these creatures are not intelligent? This is not the job for you because they are highly, all of them are highly intelligent. You know, the only one that I can say that's been a little derp derp is chickens. When I try to connect to chickens, they're kind of like, what? What do you want to do? So they might be a little... I don't know. And that's just the, the level of, of are... their kind of energy, yeah, their, what they the are. And, and it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely believe that not only in this universe, but in this galaxy, that there are other beings that look at our level of intelligence as equal to an amoeba. Oh, yeah. So we're if we think we're so smart, wow, right. wait till we meet some of these things. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, So a couple of things I did want to point out about what animal communication is not. It is not a way to control animals. And I do get some people that I do reading for that that don't really understand that. Uh, You have to look at them as children. And this is a good way to explain it to people if you're going to do this professionally is 
you have to look at them as children that you have to explain things to on a certain level. And just because you maybe explain it to them doesn't mean that the first time is going to get them to stop the behavior. Exactly. If it did, life would be really easy. So just because you tell an animal, hey, you need to stop barking at whatever, that doesn't mean they're going to stop barking. Right. Can you control it a little bit better? Yes. Um, We have used this as a way to kind of control our dog Zuma uh, on walks. He doesn't get those walks really anymore because he's naughty. But if we stay on top of him... And we are, you know, talking to him and not trying to control him, but letting him constantly know this is what's expected of you. It's going to be okay. He does great. But just like a child, a lot of times you let him go and then they start acting like maniacs again. Yep. It's the same thing. Right. Same thing with the animals as with kids. Absolutely. Yeah. He would, if we saw a dog come around a corner in advance and notified him, we could keep him. Calm. Yeah, he loves other dogs. He does. Yeah, so he wants to be. But if we didn't see it first and he did, he's reactionary. Yeah. So kind of what you're saying is like children, you have to approach it more from a positive affirmation. If you scream and yell at your dog and scare them, that's what you're going to get. Because they don't know what you're screaming and yelling. Imagine somebody screaming at you in German. Yeah, it's just a bunch of loud. and, Mm -hmm. And we all know loud is uncomfortable. Right. And aggressive. We can all sense aggression. Right. And so that's doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I think that they definitely um, are very aware of your tone and your body language. So being positive in your affirmation is going to get a better result. Yes. Out of that. And again, you can look at that as kids, even as with people in general. If you were to walk up to somebody and say, how are you today? In a nice tone, or you want to? How are you today? Right. It makes a big difference how you approach it. Exactly. It, so it, why would it be any different with an animal? You're not going to approach it on. They're an a lot more level. like us than we really realize. Yeah. So you definitely that that's yes. <clears throat> um, so anyways, it's not a quick fix. You can train them with this with animal communication. I, I've done it on certain things with our dogs. It really does work. You, it's consistency. Again, it's not just you're going to do it once and they're going to remember right away. You have to continuously right. do it. I've t- I've trained Sabbath when we go on our walks. There's an area by the school we walk by that is dirt and it's full of glass, just right. full of it. And we used to avoid it on our walks. And I was like, why are we avoiding it? I'm just going to train him not to go right. in there. And that's exactly what I did. And it took a little while. I didn't use verbal commands. I just used animal communication. And now what happens is, is when we start to approach the glass, I remind him, you're not allowed in there. Stay to the side. Right. And he does. He does. And yeah. sometimes he tests me. Mm-hmm. And like if I'm not paying attention to him, he'll be like, oh, maybe right. I should go over there. So again, like a kid, you still have to stay on top of They're him. very much like like they need to know that that you're the alpha or the omega? Which... The alpha. Okay. Mm-hmm. That you're in charge. They need to know, they need your direction. Yes. And they thrive off your praise for following that direction. Yes. Just like a child would. Mm-hmm. It's really the same thing. So your approach is of the utmost importance. Right. And your reaction. Yeah. You know, it, it's like when one of our dogs gets sick, uh, if, you know, a, a lot of times people react like, oh, the dog threw up, uh, they get all mad. 
But all you're doing when you react that way is telling that dog that what they just did was wrong. Yeah. Because they don't understand that you're mad about that you that you have to clean that up. <clears throat> they think that you're mad because they threw up and then you have other problems to deal with. Right. So these are things to remember, not just in your own lives, but if you are thinking about doing this professionally or whatever, that you need to tell people these things because right. they don't realize this. It's not common sense. Right. It's because Again, the animals can't talk to us. So until somebody kind of, hello, a lot of times they won't know. And the training has to be, um, if you're using this to train an animal, it has to be a team effort. Just like uh, having a family is a unit. It's a team effort. So you raise a child to understand your way of living and what you expect. But this is a continual process through their growing up that you have to give these lessons and teach and then kind of test them at them at, uh, with it at times. Right. So it's a group effort. You can't give a dog, like you said, one command once and expect right. them to remember. You have to be staying upon your part of the job as the teacher. Yeah. And the student, the animal, has to be staying on their part of the job. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of what Caesar the Dog Whisperer, I've seen him, because uh, I know this is, I know for sure this is how this guy's doing this. He he knows how to, to telepathically communicate oh, with yeah. animals. He may not admit it, but. Yeah, he doesn't because I think maybe a lot of the stigma mm-hmm. people wouldn't, he wouldn't be successful in his job, maybe, whatever. Yeah. It's sad, but that's my opinion of why I think he does that. Yeah. But he's very clear when he returns the dogs back to the owners that you need to continue with this. I can't work with him for whatever the two weeks or a month, give him back to you, and you think you're never going to have a problem with him again. Right. You have to stay up up on this as the other team member of this team. Yes. And constant positive affirmation and re- remembering and, you know, kind of reminding them of what yes. was taught. Because if they go back to being the same owner they were, their animal is going to go back to being the same animal they were. That's exactly right. That's right. So it's cause and effect, like one changes the other. That's exactly right. Yep. And the more that you use this with your own animals and and put those things to use, the better it gets. Yeah. Even for yourself. It doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, I love to teach people how to do this, but this is for your, your, like you were saying, for yourself too and your own connection. And you'll have a better relationship with your animal. Uh, Absolutely. It, It really does. It bonds you on a different level. It does. Um, I will say that if you have certain fears, because there are a lot of people that are concerned about things, their animal dying or whatever, then you should stay away from with your own animals and the medical situation. It, like, for example, if I feel like maybe there's something wrong with one of our dogs, I'll double check with another animal communicator. Not that I doubt my abilities, but because I'm so emotionally connected to right. our dogs that I feel like I might be <clears throat> reacting out of my own emotions. It's a second opinion in a it sense. Is. Yeah. So, but it, it also makes it so that you don't obsess about it. Because if you have something that you think may be going on with your dog and you're obsessing about it and it's not really a vision, it's not something they're telling you, it's your own mind, it really is helpful to, to get it you know, second opinion from somebody else. Sure. So um, on the medical side of things, you had brought this up a little bit earlier is um, I will do medical diagnosis to a certain degree with animals. I will not do it with people. Um, I 
only do it with animals because the animal can tell me how they're feeling. But you have to remember that because the animal can tell me how they're feeling, it's just like going to the doctor. I'm only taking those symptoms that the dog's giving me and trying to analyze what it is. So for the most part, when I do a reading and somebody says, I don't think my dog's feeling well or whatever, I'll tell you what the animal is feeling, where the pain is, those types of things. If I get a diagnosis, it's using my psychic ability. So this is a good way to show the difference. A diagnosis is would come from my psychic ability where the symptoms and what they're feeling would come from the animal and the telepathy themselves. Right. I try to stay away from the psychic side of it, the diagnosis, unless I'm really, really, really sure because I'm not a vet and I don't want it to come back at me. Right. And I always, always, always tell people that no matter what I say to them, they should always get an opinion from a vet. Don't take it from, from me. Yeah. But it is very helpful because some people just don't even see the obvious. Right. Like I, I get dogs that are super itchy all the time. Is your dog itchy? Yeah. Are you doing anything about it? No, I just thought it was nothing. Well, how are the, how is it nothing? Right. How would you like to be itchy? (laughs) Right. So, you know, see what I mean? So the medical, I kind of have to help with that. It's not a human that can tell you what's physically wrong. Sure. But you do have to kind of put limits on it as well so that you're not overstepping psychic boundaries because, Dealing with medical is a touchy situation. Mm-hmm. I will not give people a diagnosis. That's just not okay. I try to stay away from even being told those types of things. So let's see what else I have for you. Another thing is to open your mind to new things. A lot of us want to stay in dogs and cats. Um, don't just stick in the, the, that. We talked about wild animals. And you're practicing. Talk to everything. Because you'll be surprised to see just how different these animals are. Like, right. I I talked to a sloth. I did sloth yoga. And I talked to that sloth. And that was interesting. But one of my favorites, and this was before you knew I was an animal communicator that this happened. There was a guy that had illegal snakes in Thousand Oaks. Yeah. And there was a white cobra that got out. And so they're showing this cobra on the news. And I'm seeing it on Facebook. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, that's a cool snake. I don't, I'm not a snake person. Like I could be friends with a snake. He's really cool. He's not trying to hurt anybody. He's just going on a little outing, you know? And I think you, I told you, I'm like, I like this snake. You're like, you're crazy. What's (laughs) wrong with you? But you see, I would have just thought that, I mean, I wouldn't go out there and like stand in the backyard that this Cobra was in or anything, but talking to him, it opened my eyes on a different level of these animals are not the aggressive creatures that maybe we make them out to be. Right. We learned more about their personalities. You start to see those little things that you didn't see before. And when you expand to wild animals or whatever, you're opening your mind to new experiences right. that you didn't even know were possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you're encouraging. We're not encouraging people to go out in the woods and oh, no. try to, to communicate them. with bears no. and rattlesnakes no. and mountain lions. <laughs> but you could go to a zoo uh-huh. and you could sit and exhibit for a minute and try to connect with one of the animals in it and see what happens. Yes. That's a good, safe way to try to connect and communicate with a wild animal. That's exactly right. And different ways that you can practice too. This is kind of reminding me of that is uh, if you like on Facebook, I follow some of like Simi Valley missing pets, things like that. And I'll scroll through there. And if there's dogs that are missing, like if they're, you know, trying to find the owner, I'll just tell the dog or cat, whatever it is, you're okay. 
they're looking for your owner. Everything's going to be fine. I try and calm them down. If there's dogs that are missing, because sometimes there's ones that go missing, like out in the hills and stuff, I'll do the same thing. You can really help on so many different levels that you don't realize. Yeah. Once you know how to do this, those are other ways to practice. And you might not get validation that what you're doing is working or is accurate. It doesn't matter. It's still practice. You're still practice. You're still using the muscle and expanding it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I could honestly go on and on for hours, but we're out of time and I'm tired. So. <laughs> but yeah, animals, they're my, my passion. And if anybody needs to practice and they don't know how to practice, um, I will help you. I can send you pictures of our animals and you're more than welcome to practice on them. So yeah. message me or whatever. I'd love to help. There is a definitely shortage of animal communicators. There's a lot of psychics but not a lot of animal communicators. So it's an open field. So if you're thinking about getting into it, maybe here's your tap tap from the other side saying, do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was a fun one. That was fun. And it's right up your alley. Like we knew it would be. Yeah. I, you know what? One day I wouldn't mind doing a podcast, a separate one, all about animals. I know you're like, no. Yeah. You're going to have to hire myself. somebody else for that one. <laughs> I'll do it by myself. <laughs> Just because I really think that there's a lot of ways that we could help animals and yeah, you know, agree. their owners. So maybe someday. You know, it's um, it's a shame. It's a shame to see some of them kind of going away, you know, and yeah. you think about all the work, you know, people like Noah did to preserve these creatures, you know, right. and to kind of make it happen and keep them here. And I'd like to see that continue. Right. You know, like let's, let's keep them here, but let's try to try to treat them like they belong here as much as we belong here. This is their home. Yeah. Just as much as it is ours. We're just impeding on their territory while they're, they don't know how to handle that. Yeah. So, yeah. Valid point. Totally. Yeah. Well, that was a cool one. Yeah. And we appreciate everybody listening in. But before we say goodbye. Yeah. Do you want to uh, share anything yes. of your information? Absolutely. Uh, you can find everything about me on my website at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. And again, that new company that I'm working for is called Shine Psychics. And they have an app, I believe, or iPhone, Google, all of that. So there's that. And my blog, I'm behind on my blog. I apologize if you follow that. I will get it done. Just a lot going on. Yeah. Life. Yeah. This time of year, too, you know. Holidays. Yeah, exactly. And it's so. a busy time for work for you, too. So. Oh, I've been very busy. So today's like the first somewhat quiet day. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, and if you like art, you can check me out um, at djonesartcollection.com and also on Facebook and <clears throat> Instagram at D Jones Art Collection and music uh, gypsybrown.com. And you can find us um, at Instagram um, on Instagram at gypsybrownmusic. And we're also on Facebook. Yay. So that's it. Great. And got a new painting coming up pretty soon. So, oh, yeah. Next week, probably, I hope. And music's moving forward. Yay. Trying out a bass player this coming week. Yay. And see where this takes us in the next phase of our journey yeah and you guys are watching all of it unfold for yeah. all, everything yeah. so we appreciate you being here cool yeah we do yep. well we had a great week uh and a great episode with you guys thank you so much yes and we hope you have a wonderful week um and a great rest of your holidays but we'll be saying that again <laughs> yeah before but 
And until next week, peace and love.